truly he is the way maker. When it seems like there is no other way, he is there. Amen? You have your Bibles, turn to the book of James chapter 1, James chapter 1. Over the next couple of weeks, over the next few weeks actually, we're going to navigate through the book of James and see just what it cost in order to mature in our Christian walk. Because I think that one of the biggest problems in Christendom today is a lack of maturity in the hearts and the lives of God's people within our churches. You see, maturity in the Christian life is one of those things that is misunderstood by most people. You see, many people think, well, if I've been saved for a number of years, that automatically makes me a mature Christian. That is not the case. Some people think, well, if I go to church on a regular basis, that automatically makes me mature as a Christian. Again, that is not the case. You know, everyone would like to become mature as a child of God. Every one of us would like to mature in our Christian walk. But the problem is few are willing to pay the price of maturity. Listen to me, there is a price to be paid if you want to mature in your walk with God. It is not going to be free. Christian maturity comes with a price, and we must understand that. Just as as nothing in life is free, we've heard that all our life for us older folks, that nothing in life is free, although this younger generation thinks everything should be, but we won't go there right now. But the fact is, nothing in life is free, and the same holds true with Christian maturity. I want to assure you, no pro sports star, no matter which sport it is, has ever matured within that sport without paying the price of maturity. You know, no Olympic gold medalist has ever matured in their specific, you know, event without a price being paid and many tears being shed as a result of that price. Likewise, no Christian has ever come to maturity without paying the price of maturity. Though Paul said in Philippians 3, you remember he said, you know, that he had not yet attained. And what he was talking about, he had not yet attained that level of maturity that he desired. Yet the level that he was at, trust me, didn't come without a price being paid. When you look at Peter, his level of maturity did not come without him having to pay a price. John, James, all the apostles that was, uh, the, that was mature, it cost them a lot, including pain and suffering and even persecution in order for them to become mature as Christians. And if you and I are to reach that row, uh, that maturity that God desires us to be, Even if we're going to get on that road to maturity, listen to me, it will not come without a price. If you're sincere in your walk with God, if you're sincere in growing in Christ, you see, it's going to cost. And what many see as a hardship and a heartache, you know, God sees as a pathway to maturing in your Christian walk. We view it as, boy, it's just a tough road to handle. You know, you know, Jesus was honest with his disciples, was he not? He said, if you follow me, there ain't even be a place for you to lay your head. 
God has never tried to smooth over the fact that our walk with God is going to come with a price. The question is, are we willing to pay that price? Now, we begin a series this morning that I've entitled The Price of Maturing as a Christian. And what I want to look at today is one of those prices that you are going to have to pay if you're serious with your walk with God. If you're serious in in growing and maturing in Christ, one of the things you're going to have to learn and the price that you're going to have to pay is enduring sufferings within your life. If you're a child of God, expect suffering. But the question is, are you going to endure or are you going to just roll over and play dead when those sufferings come? Let's take a look at that this morning, because in this series, we're going to see that the price of a maturing includes trials. It includes heartaches. It includes hardships, you know, self-sacrifice, submission, along with us getting out of our comfort zones, which a lot of people do not like to do. So suffering makes for a mature Christian. So sufferings can either make us or break us. Sufferings can either either harden us or soften us. But that choice is ours. Look, we can allow sufferings to draw us closer to God, or we can allow the sufferings that's going to come into our life to drive us farther away from him. The choice is ours, folks. The choice is mine. We must understand, I must understand that the sufferings of this present world are, 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 are nothing to compare to the great glory that God has awaiting for us and that God desires to give us if we'll make it through these sufferings. So exactly what do we mean when we're talking here about sufferings? When we look at sufferings in the book of James, we see two different kinds of sufferings mentioned. The first suffering is trial sufferings, trial sufferings. You see that in verse 2. Look at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Now, these trial sufferings, they are things that are sent by God or that God allows to come within our life. And they're designed, these trial sufferings, are designed to bring out the best in us. When God allows these trial sufferings to come upon us, it's not to hurt us, to discourage us. It's to help bring out the best within us. And when we look at these words in James translated, and you'll see all these words, tempted and temptation, there's two different meanings in these words. And James uses two different Greek words as he's talking about these tempted and temptations and tempted and tempt. Here in verse 2 and 12, the Greek word that is used for temptation is pyrosmos, pyrosmos, okay? And it has the meaning of a trial or a test. It has the idea of troubles in our life, pyrosmos troubles within our life and again none of you have troubles here this morning you know we're all just a happy group of people with no troubles no trials no problems within our life amen or oh me amen no oh me's okay 
listen to me on this, because this is what a lot of people do not understand. Troubles in our life. In fact, the New Century Version translates it this way. My brethren and sisters, when you have many troubles, again, that is the Greek word pirasmos. When you have many troubles, you should be full of joy. Whoa, wait a minute. When I have troubles in my life, when I have trials in my life, pastor, you're telling me I need to be joyful? No, I'm not telling you that. The Bible's telling you that. He says, count it all joy. It should be joy. Why? Because you know these pirasmos test your faith. They're sent by God or allowed by God to test your faith. And this will give you patience. This will give you patience. What will give you patience? Going through these pirasmos. They will give you patience. They will bring patience within your life. Now, these troubles are not necessarily troubles. And here's what we got to understand about pirasmos. Oh, we have this first Greek word he uses. These troubles are not designed or, or, or to bring, you know, troubles within our life. They're not a result of bad decisions that we make in life. You see, some people think, well, I'm going through these troubles. I'm going through these trials in my life because of some bad decision that I made in my life. These troubles, okay, these pirasmos, they're not ha- they don't have anything to do with a bad decision you made in your life. They have everything to do with God allowing them to come into our life in order to draw us closer to him. To draw us, that's why we need to have joy during these things. Because God is trying to draw us closer to Him. These everyday troubles, you know, are troubles that life throws our way. And God allows to come upon us. Now listen to this. This is going to be one of the things y'all going to think I've been smoking something, but I ain't smoked nothing this morning. But listen to me. If we rejoice in these times of trouble, we will draw closer to God. If we will allow these things to, or if we will be joyful during these times of trouble, folks, that's going to draw us closer to God. That's what James is talking about. This is the pirasmos, though, okay? The troubles, the trials, the temptations. We will will draw closer to God. But, on the other hand, if we wallow in our self-pity, when we're going through these pirasmos, you know what's going to happen? If we wallow, we're going to stray further and further away from God. And again, that choice is mine. How I'll react to these troubles in life. That's my choice. Verse 12 reminds us that, you know, the person who endures these trials or these tests is blessed and they're going to receive a crown of life for their perseverance. They're going to receive a crown of life. Look, therefore, trial sufferings are something that we should look at in a positive way. Trial sufferings, pirasmos, are some things that we need to look at in a positive way, not a negative way. These troubles, listen to me, and there's some of you this morning with troubles. All of us have troubles. These type of troubles... Okay, you know, they're there for our good. 
They come for our benefit. They come in order to draw us closer to God. And the purpose of these trial sufferings is to purify us. And we must, listen to me, listen to me. We must learn to praise God while in these trial sufferings. You hear what I say? We must learn to praise God while in these trial sufferings. Now, again, this is trial sufferings. We're going to look at another one in a moment, okay? The second kind is temptation sufferings. Now, that's a complete different thing. That is a complete different thing. Look at verse 13 and 14. Verses 13 and 14. Let no man say when he is tempted. Now, again, that's a different Greek word than James used earlier. Okay? It's a complete different Greek word. It means complete different thing. Okay? I am tempted. Let no man say when he's tempted. I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither he tempteth any man with evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and he's enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, now I want you to see the progression here, okay? A man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. In other words, there's a desire in my heart and Satan dingles that out in front of me and I gravitate to that lust. So what's going to happen? He's enticed at that moment. Then, when lust hath conceived, when I allow that lust to infiltrate my heart, okay, it bringeth forth sin. In other words, now I give in to that lust. And when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. He's speaking there of spiritual death, spiritual separation from God. Now, in this passage of Scripture, this is why I'm calling it temptation sufferings. The other Greek word is used here in verses 13 and 14. It's pirazo. Pirazo. It goes like this. That no man say when he is pirazo. Complete different Greek word. That I am tempted of God, for God cannot be pirazo. Okay? With evil. Neither tempeth he any Man, Do you see the difference there? Complete different uh, Greek words. One means trial sufferings, okay? Pirasmos. The other means temptation sufferings. The temptation sufferings, the uh, uh, pirazo, they come from Satan. And their purpose is not to draw us closer to God. The purpose of these temptations are to draw us further away from God, not to God. Do you see the difference? Okay, okay, let, let's talk about this. These temptation sufferings, you know, we see there are things in life that come from Satan and they're sent to us, temptation sufferings, to bring out the worst in us. And again, I want you to notice the progression that we go through with temptation sufferings if we refuse to trust God. First of all, we follow the lust of our heart. And once we follow the lust of our heart, then our heart is envisioned. We, 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 we gravitate to that lust that's there. And then that, that vision becomes sin within our life. We make it active. And then that sin brings about separation from God. That's temptation sufferings. 
though temptation suffering through temptation sufferings, Satan wants us to blame God for what's happening to us. Well, this is all God's fault. Why did God allow this to come in my life? Why did God bring this into my life? That's Satan's goal. When all along it has nothing to do with God allowing it to come into your life or God making it come into your life. It's a temptation suffering that Satan is using to tempt you to draw you further away from God rather than to God. Okay? It's to turn our anger toward God. Why is God doing this to me? Why am I having to go? I I do everything I can to be a good Christian, and yet God is making these things happen within my life. Again, it's not God. It's temptation, sufferings brought on by Satan to get you to do what you're doing toward God. Blaming God for what's happening. You know, turning our anger toward God. Taking our focus upon God and putting it on our sufferings. Again, the purpose of temptation, sufferings, folks, is to separate us from God and to lead us astray. Now, what is the characteristics of suffering? Look at verse 2. Let's go back up there. My brethren, count it all joy. Now, I want you to notice three words. When you fall into divers' temptations. When fall divers. Now, when we talk about sufferings, whether it's trial sufferings or temptation sufferings, there's three things we must understand about them, no matter which one. First of all, they're certain. That's why he said, when we fall. Okay? It's going to happen. You and I are going to fall into temptation, sufferings, or trial sufferings as long as we're breathing God's fresh air. So they're certain in life. The second thing is they're sudden. That's why he says when you fall. The focus is on fall. Now, I'm sure most of us in here have one time or another has failed. I'm talking about in your home or outside or out of a tree 20 foot up in the air, whatever. You know, Jimmy, how far were you up? About 30 when you fell? Yeah, me and Jimmy both fell out of trees. But let me tell you something. We didn't plan it. Well, Brenda did, I think. She's the one who told Jimmy to get up there. But anyway... We didn't plan it, do Or if you've fallen in your house, you know, or, or, or whatever, out in the yard, you trip. It's not something you planned. You didn't go outside and say, I'm going to walk out there and I, I'm going to trip over this stump and I'm going to fall. No, you don't do that. That's why it is sudden. In other words, when it's going to happen, when you fall, it's going to happen suddenly. It's, it's, and now we're talking about falling, you know, as far as into temptation. And then they are sorted, we're seeing. That's why he says diverse temptations or various temptations, okay? As long as we're in this world, listen to me, sufferings are certain to come upon us. Both trial sufferings and temptation sufferings. And in most cases, listen to me, in most cases we never see these sufferings coming. Again, whether they're trial sufferings or whether they're temptation, we never see them coming, okay? They just come suddenly. They come certainly. And they come in a variety of different ways. 
And in most cases, again, we never see it. And, and, and they happen suddenly, and they're on us before we know it. And again, they come in all shapes, colors, and sizes. That's why James refers to them as diverse or various trials. Now, let's take a look at the purpose of this. Sufferings, folks, produce endurance in our lives while we're on this earth. Look at verses 3 and 4. They produce endurance in our life while we're here on this earth. Knowing this, he says in verse 3, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Now again, look at verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work. Who has control over, over whether or not I allow patience to have its perfect work? In other words, let it work out its, what God's wanting to work. I have that choice. Am I going to allow what God is taking me through to work its perfect work? Or am I going to just put a stop to it and say, we ain't going nowhere, I ain't going down this road. But again, let's go back to verse 3 and 4. Let patience have her perfect work, that it might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Folks, whether it's a temptation trial, or whether it's a you know, trial that God is allowing to come within our life, you know, uh, 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 you know, we have to allow it to work its perfect work. It's a result of enduring sufferings that we allow to you know, carry on in our walk with the Lord. Andre Crouch, great songwriter, great artist, he wrote a song once. In fact, he came to Guam while I was in Guam once, and I went and seen him long time ago. That was back in 71, 72. But Andre Crouch has a song, and we sing it here now and then. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times that I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong. Uh, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Folks, whether it's trial sufferings or temptation sufferings, through it all, we have got to learn to just trust God and endure. Sufferings can and will make us strong if we choose to allow them to. Now, suffering promises rewards in heaven. Rather, again, it's temptation sufferings or trial sufferings. We have a promise. Look at verse 12. He says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Now, the Greek word they're used for temptation is pyrosmos. Okay? Again, these are trials designed to bring out the best in us. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. 
Look, when you are going through these trial temptations in your life, these trial sufferings in your life, and you endure, you trust God, you allow God to take you through it, you have faith the whole time there, you be patient within them and trust God. He says, when you get to heaven at that bema seat judgment of Christ, you're going to receive some great rewards. And you know, I believe that the more trials you have, the more sufferings you have, and that you work through them and you endure through them, I believe that's just more rewards for when you get to heaven. Not only are the sufferings beneficial here on earth, but as we see here, they promise rewards when we get in it. The more sufferings we endure here on earth, again, I believe the more rewards we're going to see. Notice I said sufferings we endure. That means just because you're going through a suffering don't mean you're going to get a reward if you do not endure through it. But if you endure through it, folks, he's saying I, there's going to be great rewards. Let him, let patience have her perfect work, he says. And you and I choose to allow sufferings to have its perfect work or to stop it dead in its tracks. That's my choice. Am I going to just look to God through this, put my sufferings aside and just trust him and be, you know, have patience and, and endure through this? Or am I going to say this is just too much? I can't do this any longer. Folks, that's my choice. How I'm going to react. That's your choice for how you're going to react. If you're going through a suffering this morning, whatever it might be, trial suffering or temptation suffering, You've got the choice of how you're going to handle that. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. So what is the response here to suffering? Just as with most everything in life, it's a choice. How we respond to sufferings is also a choice. We can choose to respond in a positive way or we can choose to respond in a negative way. When we choose, let me show you both of these ways. First of all, the positive way. When I choose to receive or to react in a positive way, we're to praise God while in it. Who? Pastor, you don't realize the suffering I'm going through right now. You don't realize what's happening in my life. And you have the audacity to stand up there and tell me to praise God while I'm in it. Again, I'm not telling you that. The Bible's telling you that. Do you understand? I'm just quoting what the Bible says. We must praise God while in it. The second thing is, we need to pray a pray to God while we're in it. Go to God on a regular basis, on a daily basis while we're in it. And then the third thing, folks, we have to persevere through it. We have to persevere through it. Allow God to carry us it. Now understand that these are things we must learn to do because that doesn't come natural. None of these come natural in times of suffering. It doesn't come natural to praise God, does it? It doesn't come natural sometimes to pray to God in a positive way. Rather, we go to him crying, why are you making this happen to me? Why are you allowing this to come into my life? And persevering through it is not something that comes natural. It's something that we have to learn to do in our times of suffering because this type of response is not normal. That's why Paul said he had to learn in whatsoever state he was in to be content. But when we choose to respond in a negative way, what's that look like? 
In a negative way, he says we become like tossed waves. Look at verses uh, 6 through 8. James 1, 6 through 8. So if we don't praise God while in it, if we don't pray to God while in it, and if we don't persevere through it in the positive sense, then we do it in a negative way. And here's what he said it looks like, a person looks like, if they choose the negative path. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For him that wavereth, okay, now here's the person who handles it in a negative way. For him that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. For let not the man, that man, think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Don't miss that. If you react to your sufferings in a negative way, he says here that you're just like that wave in a sea that's just driven to and fro and everywhere. And what does he say? Don't you expect nothing from the Lord if you're responding in a negative way. Let's read on. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You see, James is saying, he that wavereth is like that wave on a sea. It's driven by the wind. It's tossed here. It comes here. It moves here. It goes there. Okay, it's tossed. He's troubled. He's restless. He's unquiet. He's impatient. You know, he's indecisive and inconsistent, unstable, unsettled. And because of this unstableness, folks, he's easily carried away with every wind of doctrine and with every temptation or lust. You show me a person who's always troubled, who's always impatient in times of suffering, who's always indecisive and con uh, con uh, in constant unsettledness, and I'll show you a person that does not allow trials to have their perfect work in their life. Let me say that again. You show me a person who is impatient and decisive, who's unsettled when they're going through a trouble in their life, when they're going through suffering in their life, and I'll show you a person that does not allow those trials to have perfect work in their life because they've done turn to these things in their life rather than turning to God. Now, the second thing we see here, if we choose to respond in a negative way, in verses 9 through 11, he says, we become like wilted flowers or dried up grass. Now, actually, James is reaching back to Isaiah chapter 40 because the prophet Isaiah, you know, used this same uh, words here. But look at verse 9. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made lower. Because as the flower of grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat. But it withereth the grass and the flower thereof faileth. And the grace of the fashion of it perish. So also shall the rich man fade away in his way. Look, speaking about the flower of the, of the grass passing away again, it's a metaphor that James uses that actually Isaiah used, okay? 
It has to do with a blade of grass reminding us of the human life, how it just soon withers away. And how that human fortune can quickly vanish. And the man dies. It also reminds us that some men wither even while they're really healthy. Okay? Full of vigor and life. Material possessions, he's saying here, they're uncertain, they're perishable. And a man that joins his life to them, material possession, and identifies with them, he says they're going to perish. Just like grass. You remember in the summer when we wasn't getting too much rain and, and you walked across your, 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 your yard and the grass was just dry. Remember how it would just crunch under your feet? That's the idea here that James and Isaiah both use. Just like that grass just withers away, so will a man who responds to trials and suffering in their life in a negative way. They're going to perish. They're going to perish. Helen Keller once made this statement. She said this, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Words of wisdom there from Helen Keller. Let me just conclude with these thoughts. Look, I suffer, you suffer, all of God's children suffer. Again, there's probably some who are here this morning suffering. There are probably some who are watching us live who are suffering. Because we all suffer. We all go through trial sufferings and we all go through temptation suffering. So the question is not, will I suffer? You're going to suffer. The question is, when Will I suffer? The question is not, can I make it through? The question is, will I choose? Will I choose to make it through? You see, for each and every one of us, suffering is inevitable. No one escapes it. There should, therefore, it shouldn't be a surprise when it happens in our life. And we shouldn't be shocked when it happens within our life. Suffering is a price that you and I are going to have to pay if we want to mature in Christ. If we want to mature in Christ, that's a price you're going to have to pay to go through these sufferings and come out of them in a positive way. Come out of them in a positive way. When we endure sufferings, we acknowledge God as God, and it glorifies him. Remember, if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve. And I'd never know what my faith in God can really do. Never know. A pastor was having breakfast with one of his older members, and this older member was a farmer. And the pastor asked the old farmer, he said, hey, uh, would you like to ask grace on the food we're about to partake? And the old farmer began, yeah, I'll, I'll ask the grace. So the old farmer began, and he said, Lord, 
You know I hate buttermilk. The pastor thought that was kind of odd. He kind of lifted up one eye there and looked. And, you know, he closed his head and bowed it again. Then the farmer said, and then, Lord, you know I hate lard. Well, again, the pastor opened that one eye and looked at that guy and closed his eye again. And though farmer again said, and Lord, you know I don't like white flour. Well, this really kind of got the pastor's attention there. and He kind of opened both eyes and looked around the room. And sure enough, you know, the other ones that was in there was kind of looking too. Where's this guy going with this? I don't like buttermilk. I don't like lard. I don't like white flour. What a prayer to pray over the food. Then the farmer added, But Lord, when you mix it all together, the buttermilk, the lard, the white flour, and Lord, when you bake it, I do love those old cathead biscuits that comes out of it. Lord, I don't understand many times when life gets tough. I don't understand certain things that happen within my life. Lord, help me to just relax and wait until you're through mixing and to be patient until you're through baking as a result of my patience, as a result of my endurance. What comes out of that will probably even be better than these cathead biscuits we're about to partake. Amen. Look at here. There's certain things that's going to happen in your life you're not going to like. There's certain things that's going to happen in your life that you're not going to understand. There's certain sufferings that you're going to go through that you're going to say, God, why? But the question is, Will you trust God while in it? Will you praise God while you're in it? And let him get through mixing all that stuff up and putting it in the oven and then enjoy what comes out of it. I've shared this with, uh, you know, some before. When we we was at another church, I... uh, I was teaching the youth in vacation Bible school, and I lined up a few of them there and blindfolded them, okay? And I took some flour, and I gave one of them a tablespoon of flour. Their eyes closed on the blindfolded. Boy, they spit that out. I said, is that good? No, that ain't good. I gave another one some bacon powder. They spit that out, too. I went on down the line. I gave one some salt and, you know, gave another one sugar. They said, yeah, that's good. And I used this same example right here. I said, you know what? The flour in and of itself is no good. The bacon powder in and of itself is no good. That salt is no good. And I had a cake. Debbie had baked a cake. And I said, but... When you mix these all together and throw it in the oven, look what comes out. Look what comes out. And they all ate cake, and it was good. I said, guys, life is the same way. 
There's going to be things that happen in your life you're not going to like, that you're not going to understand, that you're going to say this is terrible. But give God his time. Give God his time to mix all these things together in your life and run them through the fire and then watch what happens. Watch what happens when it comes out of the oven. You're going to have this cake that you're enjoying right now. So I leave you with that same thought. Whatever trial sufferings you're going through this morning, whatever temptation sufferings you're going through this morning, praise God. Praise God while you're in it. Pray to God while you're in it. Look to God for what he wants to teach you through it. And allow him to work his perfect work within your life. Let's pray. Father God.